Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. We need your words today, not mine, Lord. And I pray and I thank you that your word is active and powerful and true. And I pray that it would fall on good soil today and that you would be honoured and glorified. Jesus is on trial for the second time. The first time he stood before the high priest. This time he's standing before Pilate. The religious leaders had accused him of many things and Jesus didn't answer a word. Pilate was surprised. Pilate doesn't want to try this case. He in fact, tries to get out of it. He tries to enact a custom which may allow him to release Jesus. But the crowd and the religious leaders will have none of it. They choose to release a violent criminal called Barabbas. Pilate feels that he's out of options, so he releases Jesus to be crucified. Crucifixion is and was especially designed to be the most humiliating and gruesome way to die. But Jesus chose to be crucified for you and me. His crucifixion is the fulfillment of the prophecy in Psalm 22. And it says this, Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. That's what happened. Imagine what Jesus' followers would have felt as they watched the scene around the cross. As they watched the man they had followed for years, being crucified. As they watched the man who they had seen calm storms, who they had seen heal sick, who they had seen even raise people from the dead. By the miraculous power of his word, here was a man who less than one week before had been given a king's welcome into Jerusalem. Hosanna in the highest, they said. Here was the Christ. How could it be happening? All four gospel writers in the Bible take pains to show us that all of the critical events in Jesus' death happened in the dark. Some of these events happened in the dark because it was night. It was night at the actual moment of Jesus' death, although... But at the actual moment of Jesus' death, although it was daytime, an unexplainable darkness descended. From midday to 3 p.m., as Jesus was dying on the cross, there was total darkness. Mark 15 says this, when the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. This was a supernatural darkness. A darkness brought about by God himself. Because in the Bible, darkness during the day is a recognition, it's recognised as a sign of God's displeasure 
and judgment. When Jesus was on the cross and darkness fell, we know that God was acting in judgment, but who was God judging? Mark says this, at noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? On the cross, Jesus was abandoned and forsaken by God. He looked at the heavens and he said, my God, my God, you have abandoned me. And this abandonment, this loss was between father and son. It was between father and son who had loved each other from all eternity. This love was infinitely long, absolutely perfect, and Jesus at that moment was losing this love. Jesus was being cut off, alienated, abandoned. For the first time, he experienced separation from his father. Now, if you ever lost someone you love, you will understand that a little of that feeling, of that separation, of that I'm apart from them now. On the cross, Jesus, the maker of the world, was being unmade. Why? Jesus was experiencing our judgment. Our judgment day. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This is, it's not a rhetorical, quest, rhetorical question. The answer, is, the answer is that he was being abandoned for you and for me. He was being abandoned for us. Jesus was abandoned and forsaken by God so that we would never have to be. The judgment that should have fallen on us fell on Jesus. The judgment that should have fallen on me fell on Jesus. Same for you. And I am eternally thankful that he did that. It brings me to my knees in worship and thankfulness that he did that. This judgment caused real and total darkness as the Father judged the Son in our place for our sin. These days, most of us don't know what real physical darkness looks like. Even when you're out in the country at night, you might be able to see the light, the electric light of a town nearby, or maybe there's stars in the sky. But if you're in utter darkness, you can't actually even see the hand in front of your face. I don't know if you've ever been in utter darkness and not been able to see a thing. You know those shutters, electric shutters that you have on the outside of your window? And as they go down, have you ever tried to get up in the middle of the night with the electric sh the shutters down? You can't see a thing. Hopefully no one moves the furniture. <laughs> or I'm in trouble. Total darkness is not something that we are designed to be able to live with for long periods of time. Explorers in the South Pole tell how difficult it is to be in the South Pole 
between May and July because the sun goes down mid-May and it doesn't come up again until late July. There's no daytime. Think about that. Who, would, who chooses to go there? There is no sunlight for more than two months. They say that the temperatures there are hard to deal with. It's cold. But as difficult as the darkness is, the worst thing is the... As difficult as the cold is, the worst thing is the darkness. It's been said that there is no desolation more complete than a polar night. Few people can fight its effects off altogether and it has driven some men mad. In that kind of darkness, you can't see forward, so you don't know where you're going. You've got no direction. You can't see yourself. You don't know what you look like. You may as well have no identity. And you can't tell whether there's anyone around you to help you. You're isolated. In total darkness, there is no direction, no identity. There's isolation. Physical darkness brings those things, but according to the Bible, so does Spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness comes when we turn away from God as our true light and make something else the centre of our life. I've tried making myself the centre of my life and it all ended in tears. It all ended in pain. The Bible compares God to the sun and the sun helps us to see the sun is a source of life because without the sun, nothing can live. And according to the Bible, God is the source of light and truth and life. Jesus said in John 15, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Psalm 36 says this, for you are the fountain of life, the light by which we see. That's our God. He is light. And if we orbit or center our life around him, then our life has truth and light and vitality because we're in the light. But if we turn away from him and we we center or orbit our life around anything else, our career, a relationship, our family, good things, any other person, any other thing and make them or try and make them the source of our light, our hope. The result is spiritual darkness. We're turning away from the truth, away from life and toward darkness. And when we're in spiritual darkness, although we may feel our life is headed in the right direction, we're actually disorientated. If we're living for something other than Jesus, maybe we're living for money, our career, a person's love, selfish ambition, whatever it is, for a period of time, we might feel like we have something to live for. But if we get the thing that we have been going after, we'll realise that it's not big enough to fill us, to fill our soul. It doesn't produce the light we're seeking. 
and we're still left in, our, in the dark because without God, life is meaningless. And without God's intervention, we're all in spiritual darkness. This was humanity's trajectory. And Jesus' death was the only way to alter it. That's why he went to the cross. He fell into complete darkness so that the darkness that we were headed for fell on him and not us. He died the death that we should have died so that we can be saved from the judgment that we deserved and we can live in the light and the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. He not only died the death we should have died, he lived the life that we couldn't live. It doesn't matter who we are, good, bad, right, wrong, happy, sad, hope filled without hope. Because he went to the cross, you can come up band, because he went to the cross, The barrier between us and God is gone. There is grace. There is forgiveness. Jesus lost the love of the Father because of his love for you and for me. And when we see that, it opens our eyes and it shatters the darkness that can surround us. The darkness that Jesus took on himself can dispel and destroy our darkness if we let him. So that in its place we can find light and life. We all go through tough times in life. And when we're in tough seasons, darkness can seem overwhelming. But it's not because, dar- because darkness fell, because of the, it fell into the heart of Jesus. The only darkness that could have destroyed us forever fell into his heart. So that we are forever safe if we accept his sacrifice. John 8 says this, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. thank you that you paid the price so that we don't have to we thank you that you died on our behalf 
Holy Spirit, I pray that right now in this place, with people who may be watching today online, that you would show them a fresh revelation of you, of your love, of your sacrifice, of all that you gained for us because you love us. Because you want relationship with us. Thank you for your presence, Lord Jesus, in this place. Holy Spirit. touch from the presence of God. It's been a long time since you felt the presence of God and you need a fresh touch. And I'm believing right now that the presence of God will come in an even greater way and touch your heart. Touch your heart. Fill you. Some of you in this place today and with us online, you, you have put other things at the center, things other than Jesus. Your life has been orbiting around things that you thought would bring fulfillment. You thought, you thought, yeah, this is what I need, then I'll be happy. to surrender your life afresh to him. Say, Jesus, I'm coming home. Jesus, I recognize my great need for you. That life without you has no meaning. Some of you are here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to open your heart to him and say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Saviour. Your Saviour in the sense that he died on a cross to save you. Because without him, you're separated. Without his sacrifice, we are separated from God. And so we can take the first step, which is to Ask him to be our saviour. Ask him to come into my heart. But there's another step in it. And it's to ask him to be our Lord, which means he's the boss. He gets to decide. Which some people think, oh, well, that's a bit scary, Mel. It would be scary if he wasn't God and he wasn't good and he didn't love you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. Yeah, it would be scary. But because he does love you and because he did send his only son to die for you, he is 
trustworthy. You can trust Him with your life. And so as we finish up today, I want to invite you, if you've never opened your heart up and asked Jesus Christ to come in and be your Saviour and your Lord, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with us. It's, it's your prayer. A personal, that we're going to all pray together. But maybe you're here and you, are, you need to recommit your life to, to Jesus. You've been orbiting around all sorts of things that you think are giving you meaning, but ultimately you know, Jesus, I'm coming back to you. So I want us to pray this prayer together. Dear God, thank you for putting eternity in my heart. I know that in my search for the way and the truth, I have been searching for Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin and ignoring you. Thank you for providing Jesus as the answer. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sin. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and to show me how to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 Church Watson dot com dot au